HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Heritage Radio Network on Tour was recorded at Slow Food Nations 2017, a festival to taste and explore a world of good, clean, and fair food for all. Slow Food Nations took place in Denver over the weekend of July 14th through 16th and included panels, workshops, roundtables, cooking demos, farmer's markets, food tastings, and more. Heritage Radio Network's Kat Johnson traveled from Bushwick to the Mile High City to report on this first-of-its-kind international gathering presented by Slow Food USA. Heritage Radio Network on Tour is made possible by the support of the Julia Child Foundation. Hello, everyone. This is Kat Johnson. One of the highlights of the inaugural Slow Food Nations was the history of barbecue dinner that showcased the tradition of South Carolina whole hog barbecue which is arguably the slowest food that exists. Attendees got a glimpse into the rural south of the past while eating whole hog barbecue prepared by sought-after pitmaster Howard Conyers. After the pig was pulled from heat, but before the dinner began, I was able to spend a few minutes speaking with Howard, who I should actually be calling Dr. Conyers. By day, Dr. Conyers makes use of his Ph.D. in mechanical engineering by working as an engineer at NASA Stennis Space Center. By night and weekend, he travels the nation to host educational dinners on South Carolina barbecue. Thanks to Dr. Conyers for taking time out of his very busy day to speak to me. And thanks also to our friends at Heritage Foods USA who donated the pig and to Gumbo Marketing for their support of the History of Barbecue Dinner. All right. Enjoy the interview. So right now I'm sitting with Howard Conyers. Howard, thanks for joining me. Um, so, Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about what we're doing right now, what you're getting ready to serve. So we're getting ready to serve uh, South Carolina Whole Hog, Whole Hog Barbecue. We're doing a history of barbecue dinner at Slow Food Nations. And it's important for me to explain the history behind barbecue at this particular venue because you really can't really talk about slow foods because barbecue is one of those things in America that re- is one a few dishes in American cuisine that you could really say is American. And what's your background with barbecue? I grew up in South Carolina in Clarendon County, and where, we, where I grew up at was in something called the PD Whole Hall Barbecue Belt. And my background with Whole Hall Barbecue, I've been cooking barbecue all my life. I learned from my father, and people in my community have been cooking barbecue continuously for over 200 years. Wow. And when did you first start cooking it with your father? So I'm, I probably around it since I, well, I was around it since I was like four years old, but I cooked my first one at age 11. 
And is this what you do for your day job? No, really, really not. What do you do? My day job, I work at NASA Stennis Space Center as an engineer. And tell me a little bit about what that entails and, and about your background and what led you to NASA. So uh, I l- always loved math and science growing up in a family farm in South Carolina, and I, I really didn't know what an engineer was, but through life I wanted to become an engineer. What I do at NASA is basically um, where I work at in Mississippi, we test rocket engines. One of my jobs and responsibilities we're working on is refurbishing the test stands where we test rocket engines to send astronauts eventually to Mars. And for the past two years, I work on this really cool technology development project where I was developing a high-speed, high-dynamic range camera system. How, if, if it does, how does your day job at NASA relate to um, barbecue? It's actually on the opposite end of the spectrum. Because how I cook Sakana whole hall barbecue is very traditional in nature. No tech, really simple technology, and then NASA is on the other end. One thing I would say with how I approach barbecue these days is, as being an engineer, I try to be very analytical and be able to reproduce the same results no matter where I'm at, where I'm cooking. So, like, for instance, I'm cooking in Denver, Colorado. It's a little different than cooking in South Carolina or New Orleans. What makes it different? Who likes cooking outside their own kitchen? <laughs> you know what works for you. You know what works, right? <laughs> um, and now you also got an altitude difference here. That's what I was thinking. So can you uh, just explain to me kind of your setup? Um, we, you're literally roasting um, this pig on the sidewalk. So basically I just took some cinder blocks and I fashioned what is a pit. Kind of stacked them together quite like Legos. All kids who love Legos and um, <laughs> some rebar, nothing fancy. And I took some old sheet metal and tin and laid up top, and we actually cooked it. Um, I think I was cooking this 145-pound Borkshire for about 14, maybe 15 hours. Wow. And you just um, kind of pulled it off of the heat, or did you pulled it off a little while ago? I pulled it off the heat a little while ago, but, like, um, we are, uh, they're pulling the bones out so it'll be ready for dinner tonight. Awesome. Um, so why, tell me, how did you first get involved in slow food? I first got involved with slow food because they had a, something called a slow fish thing in New Orleans, and they had a boucherie. One guy asked me to come cook a whole lamb. He heard about me for his cooking whole hogs, and he said he named Toby Rodriguez from out of Lafayette, Louisiana, and he called me asking, could you cook a, a lamb for my event? I said, sure, but the only thing is I'm going to have to cook it on my equipment. Um, so what, tell me more about that event and how that kind of led you to get more involved in Slow Fish. So I think Slow Fish is actually held internationally, and this was the first time that Slow Fish was actually held in the United States last year. So then after that, I got involved and went to Terra Madre, and um, now I assume some duties as co-chair of New Orleans chapter. Can you tell me some stuff that's going on with Slow Food New Orleans and what you guys are working on? So we just kind of rebuilding Slow Food New Orleans, and we really want New Orleans chapter to be more of a vessel for supporting other groups in the city who are already doing the work. It doesn't make sense for Slow Food New Orleans to actually go out and build gardens when you got 20 other nonprofits in the city doing the same thing. We should be a support arm and let people know what is going on in the New Orleans community. 
What are some things going on right now that you're particularly excited about? Um, right now, we're just trying to just take over transition and leadership. That's pretty much the biggest thing right now. Um, what do you think as a whole, now that you've been involved in slow food for a while and you're in Denver for this event, um, I'm not sure. I'm, you've mostly been focusing on this hog, I'm sure. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I mean. Just checking on it. Um, it's like a baby. <laughs> yeah, you have to watch it. Um, but what are some, are there any things recently, whether it's this weekend or other, you know, more nationwide events you've been a part of that you are particularly excited about slow food as a whole, um, nationwide? I like the message of slow food, good, clean, fair. But one thing I want slow food to kind of look at is just the diversity and inclusion uh, I think it's really important for this movement to actually resemble the demographics of this country. And when I'm at an event like this, it doesn't really demo- fit the demographics of the country. For instance, I think the census says like 13% African-Americans in the country. I look at Slow Food Nations, I don't think it's 13% here. And that's a problem. Um, what do you What do you think that they should do, you know, I assume that we're going to have another Slow Food Nations next year. Uh, what are some, like, events you particularly would want to see or panels? I mean, we just went to a great panel called uh, The Color of Farming. Um, you know, I think the, that's great. But what would you like to see next year? I mean, I think that the events are good, but I think it has to be more, like, open invitation. Make sure mm-hmm. people know about this type of stuff. Awesome. Um, well, Howard, I know that you have a big job ahead of you. I know that you cooked this whole hog, but your work is probably just beginning, and everyone's going to want to talk to you tonight after eating this, I know. At least you got the exclusive. You did. I get it, the exclusive. And um, I guess my last question is, tell me what people are going to be eating and what they can expect at this block party tonight. So you'll see something that's done in my family and my community back in South Carolina for a really long time. Not only I did South Carolina Whole Hall Barbecue, but I also did something called Barbecue Hash. We, these animals we raise in our pasture raised here, and when you take a life, you need to use every part of this particular animal as possible. And so with Barbecue Hash, that's one thing that was found in, the Carolina, in South Carolina that we use every part of the pig. So no part of the pig is really wasted. Okay, I said that was my last question, but I do want to ask a couple more things. So... You only got involved in slow food about a year ago, but, you know, you're saying that the way that your family has done um, whole hog barbecue just, like, really fits the ethos of slow food. So what was that like when you kind of got involved or when you first heard about slow food, um, kind of putting, connecting those dots? Did it I just mean, make sense immediately? It just made sense because I grew up on a family farm in South Carolina, so, like, eating organic. I didn't, I mean, eating organic way before organic came a fad. I knew about GMO because... My father was a farmer, and I saw how Roundup Ready Corn made it to our fields. It actually saved labor. But then on the flip side, my family growing sweet potatoes since I was a child. And we've been saving this sweet potato variety for over, like, uh, 40 years. And it was passed down from a communi- somebody else in my community. Mm-hmm. And these sweet potatoes are really special because we kept that seed going. And it's no GMO. It's just, like doing things very traditional. We preserved them in a very traditional way. We actually banked them when I was growing up. We plowed them by hand. Mm-hmm. Not with a, 
not with a mule, but we had a tractor, but we still had an old school plow. Yeah. And we still have that plow. Sounds like my dad. My dad does the same thing. Um, tell me one uh, one other thing. You said this was a Berkshire? It's a Berkshire. Pig. Um, does your family raise hogs as well? Or so, do they source them from, like, local farms? Before I was born, or it's like when I was really young, my father grew from hogs, but they all died. And we didn't, until recently, I figured out why they died. They were all commercially raised hogs. Mm-hmm. Then when I got older, my father stopped after that because he lost all the pigs all at once. I started growing hogs somewhere in middle school because I wanted to get better at barbecue. Mm-hmm. My father already had corn, and so we started raising hogs on dirt. Some people might want to say dirt soil, being an engineer, but I'm going to say it's dirt, a dirt-raised hog, dirt-ass <laughs> flavor. <laughs> but with those hogs, we saw, I mean, I saw that the, uh, the quality of the meat was better because we knew what we fed them. They actually had a lot of movement. The color was different. And also you had a connection. You kind of really knew where the animal came from. And then even when we didn't grow hogs, a lot of the times we used to get hogs from other farmers in the community. So we kind of know some little backstory on the family, where we got it from. All right. Well, the music's starting back up. I could talk to you for a lot longer, but I know you have uh, work to get done with this uh, whole hog barbecue. So, Are you um, coming? We are here. Okay. <laughs> we want some. We want some barbecue. Um, so yeah, Howard, thank you so much for talking to me for a little while. Um, you're welcome. Thanks I'm, for having I'm me. I'm excited that you're here for this Slow Food Nations, and I hope that we see you again next year. I hope so. And oh, I just want if y'all haven't anybody watched the show Manfire Food on the Cooking Channel. I was on there on June 20th, episode six, um, season six, episode four, out of this world barbecue. If you want to see, like, what old barbecue was in the American South, I encourage people to go look at it. Awesome. Because I think it's worth something to see. And is there any way else that uh, folks can, like, find you online or learn more about what you do? So I do have a website. It's www.howardconyers.com. Very simple. Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D, Conyers, C-O-N-Y-E-R-S. And you have barbecue will travel, right? You have barbecue and you will travel. I will. I have barbecue and I will travel. There you go. Where we can find a plane, I'll get on it. Awesome. Thanks, Howard. Thank you so much.